Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to Trot's Life. And I'm joined, as I am nearly every Thursday at this time, Mick Gurren from across the ditch. Firstly, Mick, uh, how are you, mate? And whereabouts are you today? No, very well, Toby. Uh, in Auckland, writing up a storm. We've got, uh, we've got seven stories going in the New Zealand Herald tomorrow, which seven. Uh, I know will probably make some of our racing fans in Australia a bit jealous, but yes, we have seven stories on the gallops. There's Group 1 Bay at Pukekohe, and we have a Cooter versus Copy That yeah. at Alexander Park tomorrow night, mate. So it's it's something I'm very proud of, the fact that we have so much racing in the Herald. There's racing in the New Zealand Herald every day, and for those people who think, OK, I wish we had that in the Herald some these days. Well, the good news is it's not behind the paywall. It's all free. So we deliver that stuff every day. It's always available on my Twitter account or on nzherald.co.nz. So if you're not getting enough racing fix over there in Aussie, because I know it's a bit of an issue for some of the papers, jump <laughs> on board. So it's, it's free. And I tell you what, it's pretty darn good. We don't muck around. We ring trainers all day, every day. The the Founders Cup tomorrow night, Akuta and copy that, it's, it's an interesting race, probably as much for copy that as it is for a cooter. Is is copy that back a hundred percent? He seems to when he goes bad, he, things go really awry for him, but he just bounces back from it each time. Well, we we can only take a line through what happened in the Victoria Cup when he had a minor bleed. Mm. Same thing happened in the Hunter Cup. It was mm. slightly worse this time. After the Victoria Cup, I thought he might be stuffed. Came home, won a New Zealand Cup, and paced two national records. As you do. Yeah, so <laughs> we said this three or four months ago to people. New Zealand version of copy that is vastly superior to the Australian version. The Australian version is also pretty good because he's won a Sunshine Sprint and he's won a Ballarat Cup. So uh, Ray Green's confident he'll be fine tomorrow night. Now, here's a word of warning for those who feel like having a bet tomorrow night. Um, they're looking to drive copy that with a sit, go back. It's his first start back after that bleed, and they want to get his confidence back heading toward the race by Grins on April the 14th. But that would make seem to make a coup to a certainty after he beat copy that in the workouts last week. I ran Mark Purden, who's actually not there tomorrow night. Brett Mangos drives the horse, and he said, we're probably looking to do the same thing. So it's only six horses in the field, and... If they get into single file early and then they get into peers, could be a case that copy that's on the back of a cooter and they go 55 and one of them should still probably win. But it, it's not a race where one of them's going back, the other one's going to the lead, and you can just have whatever you want on the one that's going to be in front because it doesn't shape like that, Toby, so, as best I can work out talking to everybody involved. So Major Perry couldn't find the top and give a sight? Well, look, he could, absolutely. But the one thing I would say is he's not in gates being horse. There's actually two horses inside from the Andrew Neal stable, yeah. uh, and they both like to go forward. And they're a go-forward stable. They're a stable who tend to like to be up on the speed. Yeah. So if I'm having a bet, I may well pick Major Perry top three. Um, but whether he just rolls to the front or whether, in fact, he is the worst possible scenario, which is sitting parked, Mm. with a tutor on his back and copy that on his back. Mm. Both those things are possible, and it's probably flip of the coin. But the Andrew, Andrew and Lynn Neal stable do like the top end, and they have the barrier doors and the gate speed to a team green. And copy, copy that's penciled down 
for a potential Queensland trip in the middle of the year. Yeah, well, they do think he handles Queensland better than Victoria. I don't see any reason he would bleed in Victoria and not bleed in Queensland. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know enough about it. Like, I've had horses myself who have bled in the past, and you can treat them, and they're fine. Whether the travel exacerbates that, whether it was the way they raced the Hunter Cup, was like, I just don't know. And I'd only be talking into my ass if I said I did. <laughs> so if they say they want to go to Queensland, he's been good there before. Uh, I think he may head there with Merlin. One thing I'm really getting away from, Toby, unless I absolutely know it to be true, is second-guessing where horses are going. Because yeah. what I'm finding is so many people react to these things. Because I put them up on Twitter all the time, and you have these massive reactions in the markets. Uh, and then, obviously, you're going to say to people, well, sorry, that's not turning up. So with a horse like him, there's an asterisk next to everything he does. Because if he bleeds again, he's finished. Um, and they can send him to North America, but he can't race here. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be jumping into any bidding on him. Same as a horse like Merlin. He's got a lot of targets here before he turns up in Queensland. Not that there's any fixed odds markets for those. There will be New Zealanders in Queensland, absolutely no doubt, as that carnival continues to grow. But, gee, we've got a lot of water to go under the bridge before we get to Queensland. Like there's probably for a horse like a Cooter, I would say five open class races here before he gets there. It's a little bit different from, say, the Eureka, where, you know, a catch a wave or a Captain Ravishing probably don't have that many targets between now and the Eureka. So they yeah. might turn up in three or four different races. Like these horses are going to be bashing heads against Self Assured and BD Joe and racing in million dollar races and better Eclipse and all those sort of things. So absolutely just park their aspirations heading forward. Um, we're with a race like the Eureka because it's obviously worth so much money. You know that's where those big three, uh, four-year-olds are going to go. The Miracle Mile, mate. Uh, you, you had a big day last week, but it was some sort of a result, wasn't it, for Catch a Wave? Yeah, wonderful. And, you know, Andy and Kate are people who everybody likes. They're just good people, and they're very good horse people. I don't know the Matthews family really well, but I know that backstory, and it's obviously a wonderful story. It's a funny thing if you take the if you take the emotion of the race, it was actually a pretty boring race. <laughs> like, like only yeah, three horses yeah. even remotely got involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in any capacity. Like Spirit of Saint Louis just conceded at the start, and that was probably the right thing to do because I don't think he's as good on front. Kate took the initiative, which was great. Nathan Jack went forward, but he knew after fifty metres there was no chance he was getting across catch away because it began so well. And then Luke McCarthy, who's a senior driver, launched. Everything else wasn't a factor. Hurricane Harley wasn't a factor. She did the right thing, Amanda Turnbull, no doubts. Spirit of St. Louis had to sit in the trail. Uh, Mark Dan was stuck outside the leader. Well, he wasn't a factor, and he only just cost Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay, you can't pull out of the 1-1, so what can you do? David Moran did nothing wrong. Mm. There just wasn't enough tempo in the middle part of the race. And Captain Ravishing was like a scratching. He just didn't turn up at all. Like It wasn't, it wasn't even at any stage in the commentary. So it was really quite a strange race. It was such a wonderful occasion. It was a really wonderful night to be there. Mm. And it's really hard for people to hear this because when they hear it, they go, oh, you just hate Catch a Wave and all that garbage people carry on about. But the story was amazing and the result was amazing, but the race itself was actually pretty boring because five of the horses in it weren't a factor from 100 metres after the start to the finish. There was no chance they could win. There was nothing they could do. And there's nothing they could have done to sort of change the result. Not, not blaming their drivers. It's just a reality of the Miracle Mile. 
outside the field marshal miracle mile, not many of them change. They sort of get into a bunch, and that's about it. And that was the case. This year. I don't think it would have mattered. I think very clearly on the night, Catch a Wave was the best horse. I think now you can make a case he might be the best horse in Australia or even Australasia, but of course we haven't seen Leap to Fame for a while. So I think there's maybe five or six of them in a clump, and I think that comes down, Toby, to where they race, what mood they're in, how they've travelled, and what the distance and the and the specifics of the race are, because quite clearly the Miracle Mile is a big race. The other biggest race in Australasia is the New Zealand Cup. The other two big signature races, and there's an Inter-Dominion, but that bounces from place to place. Yeah. And the Inter-Dominion, of course, isn't a race, it's a series. So that's why I say race, because it's a series. You've got to compete in the yeah, heats, and a yeah. lot of horses don't like to do that. But the other biggest race in Australasia clearly is the New Zealand Cup. And if you big catch a wave in it, he'd probably finish last, because he refused to score up on the mobile last week. So this whole thing of who's the best horse and who's not the best horse, usually at the moment, and I've been saying this for the last five years, comes down to what race you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, correct, correct. Because the New Zealand Cup is an incredibly different thing from the Miracle Mile, which, again, is an incredibly different thing of the Inter-Dominions because yeah. you have to get through three heats to make the final. So I think the days of us having a, a quintessential all-conquering champion, they might be gone forever because it's going to take a hell of a horse to race in both countries from standing starts over two miles down to Menango over a mile and be sound enough to go three heats and win a final if, in fact, anybody wants to attempt that. So if we ever see that horse again, Toby, it's going to be a pretty special horse. And that horse will have the greatest run of barrier draws known to mankind if it wins all those races because... Well, as you saw last week in the Miracle Mile. It means a lot. One, one, two, three, and four. Yeah. (laughs) Ran one, two, three, and four. Sometimes sometimes it sounds that easy, but there's always outliers. And, you know, the Inter Dominions is one, two, three, the market picks. Yet in the Hunter Cup, they managed to come from off the speed. So there's the occasional outlier, but most of those rules play strong. As I said... Uh, emotion of the race and the occasion are vastly different things to the machinations of the race. And really, when you look back on it in years to come, no one's going to remember that catch a wave had a very easy middle half in 57 and change. All they'll remember is good people, owners, trainers, drivers, had a good result with what may actually be a great horse. I'm wrapping it up there, Mick. Couldn't fit a better, couldn't go on a better note. Thanks, mate. And we'll do it all again next week. I look forward to it, mate. It's an opportunity, Toby. There's Mick Gurren, our great mate from Across the Ditch. Let's get to a break. We'll get back with Jamie Cockshop. We'll have 10 or 12 minutes with Jamie for our Taz Racing segment before we get to the Adelaide Cup barrier draw.